0: What does it take to create something that has never existed before? What does it take to challenge the status quo? What does it take to change the world? This is the S.W.E.L.L. Podcast. Take a journey with us as we seek the answers to those questions through the stories of thought leaders, world builders, game changers, disruptors, and other pleasantly rebellious humans who set out to do something novel, creative, or disruptive. This episode of The Swell Pod is brought to you in partnership with Kiln. Kiln provides flex office space for teams and individuals. Their all-inclusive set of amenities helps startups, creatives, and entrepreneurs alike get work done. Learn more about Kiln at kiln.co.
1: Well, welcome. um, Welcome to uh, The Swell Pod. And with our special guest today, I'm going to butcher names because I'm terrible at names, but Theron and Neil. Neil's easy. Theron I find difficult to pronounce for some reason. Pretty good. Um, welcome to uh, the K- Kiln as well. Um, for those that haven't been to Kiln before, uh, this is incredible co-working space. Uh, they have multiple sites all around uh, the US and, and building many, many more. Um, and so if you do want to tour or anything like that, uh, afterwards let, let us know in the reception uh, team, the experience team will, will guide you uh, around the, the office and just let you have a look at the space. Um, but yeah, let's get started. Yeah, so just a little bit about
0: the Swell Pod and what we are, what we're about. So essentially, we're a, we're a podcast. Generally, we'll do these pre recorded, but we're doing this live for you guys today. So we appreciate you guys showing up. It's also being streamed on YouTube. So yeah, thank you for everybody watching. But the Swell Pod, uh, essentially, we we are interested in speaking with world builders, uh, game changers, disruptors, other pleasantly rebellious humans, and. We like to talk about their ideas and how those ideas swell into movements. And uh, a lot of times, we'll circle around three core questions: What does it take to, to challenge the status quo? What does it take to change the world? Uh, and I can't remember the third one, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's but yeah, something
1: from nothing. That was the first from one.
0: Nothing. That is <laughs> the one. Yeah. But so today, though, we are here, of course, with uh, the Harmon brothers. And I'm going to read a little intro for you guys so we can we can get started. But yeah. So we're live at Kiln. In this episode, we're sitting down with two of the six Harmon Brothers, Neil Harman, CEO uh, at Angel Studios, a streaming media service that offers family-friendly entertainment that amplifies light. And theron Harman, president at Harmon Brothers Consulting, which brings creative strategy analysis and marketing direction together for e-commerce brands ready for hyper growth. So this powerhouse family of creative marketing and entrepreneurial types surrounded themselves with a world-class team of other people who also happen to be creative marketing and entrepreneurial types together. They built Harman brothers, the Utah based ad agency behind some of the most memorable sales driving ads in internet history. You guys are probably familiar with some of them. Uh, squatty potty, right? Yeah. So since 2013, Harman brothers uh, has created numerous ground groundbreaking, distinctive social media campaigns, which collectively have billions of views and have created eight figure and nine figure impacts of dozen of dozens of client companies. So yeah, we're going to learn more as these two brothers share their own story and perspective about how they went from growing up uh, as Idaho farm boys to being sued by Disney. Uh, and yes, did we mention they also crowdfunded tens of millions of dollars uh, for their platform and the, the, the series The Chosen. So we're uh, super excited to get started.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Sounds like you've just always had success. <laughs> but we'll get into that. We'd love to know about the failures along the way and the challenges, which must have been, you know, numerous. Um, but uh, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Um, I'd like to start with kind of just looking at uh, family, your family, culture. A um, number of people asked us about that on the, on the form. Like, what, what were they fed? <laughs> and, uh, you know, not just potatoes, but what were you fed? How were you brought up? Um, I'd like to just start there and just maybe describe to us a little bit about um, what that was like, life uh, on, on the farm. Sure. So I'm the, the oldest of the children. Of
2: um, there's nine of us, uh, six, six brothers and three sisters. And um, Neil Paul's third, um, or sister between us, Michelle. Both love her and, and um, grew to love her more as we became adults. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, there's, um, we grew up in rural Idaho. And uh, the, like, for instance, the place where I went to school, you know, there were more people in high school than there were in the town's population. And it was, it was 306, I think, was on the sign. And, and the school probably had, you know, 350 in there or something like that. Um, junior high and high school combined. Um, but as far as growing up in our family, uh, it was a close family. And not only was it close with us as siblings, but it was close with extended family. We had, you know, my grandparents lived. We could ride our bikes, the aunts and uncles and grandparents, and, and, um, and we were involved in, in their, their farming operations as well as other people that were in our area. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, our our family, I would say, uh, it was, it was a struggle. I mean, we grew up poor by U.S. standards for sure, but we used a lot of our time to create our own things to do, right? So we would, a lot of time building tree houses, um, you know, we, I, I think our parents were It was probably just a different time, so you know. I remember a time when we uh, created bows and arrows, but we had to amp it up. So we would take, you know, some type of cloth or or or, you know toilet paper, whatever, wrap it around it, uh, pour douse douse it with some fuel, and then light it on fire and do fire arrows. You know, and so so it was obviously a very um, uh, uh, different type of an upbringing. We we built a raft that we sailed on the the local canal. and a lot of paper toys because, you know, we couldn't buy the toys that we wanted. So we would craft them in kind of paper crafting 3D. I even tried to mail some to Hasbro, and I don't think they survived <laughs> to see if they'd take my ideas.
3: But oh, anyway. our, our family, we didn't have the money to buy crayons and masking tape and paper. And I remember we thought it was Christmas when uh, our grandma Harmon would come visit us. She'd come from Utah, and, and her husband was a professor, he would bring a stack of like a box full of paper that was printed on one side and then white on the other and that was Christmas that we got that and a thing of masking tape and crayons because uh, we'd make all of our toys out of it.
2: we got some toys too our parents sacrificed for that I know you know I got an electric train once. um but with my, I know my parents sacrificed for. but anyway it was um uh it, it, was, it was a great upbringing honestly but but with struggles and with, you know, conflict too, meaning, you know, you get nine kids and a little home and you, you, you fight (laughs) sometimes verbally, sometimes physically.
1: Yes. You fight, you make up, you learn how to make up as well. That's right. right. That's absolutely right. Comes comes in useful if you happen to build a business maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you can,
2: if you can learn to get through childhood and all love love each other, you can probably get started in a business.
0: (laughs) are you guys in terms of storytelling is that something that also kind of just found like it was within the culture of your family growing up and it was yeah, everybody I would say of- that
2: I would say my my mom was very much a a storyteller in the sense that she would you know prepare stories and lessons and and dig into our family history and and you know read excerpts from family histories and, and there there was that we were surrounded by that, for sure. And one of my brothers, Daniel, who was uh, the creative director and now is the showrunner for Tunnel Twins, you know, he loved advertising. And he did since he was little. I mean, he'd be as as far back as I can remember, practically, you know, elementary school age, he was reciting jingles, right? Meaning he would, he would And he'd come home
3: from if he went to a show, show, like it was rare for us to get to go to film. But if he went to a film. He'd come back and he'd remember almost every line. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And he'd do impressions, and all that kind of stuff. And so he he really had that creative gene, and and he was actually the only one that like officially went into advertising. Mm. Meaning he he's his one of his you know early jobs was at an agency out of Chicago.
1: Well, we're gonna. Uh, do you have another question? Okay. I think we what we wanted to do is maybe just talk us through the timeline really briefly. sure. sure, (laughs) The timeline is fascinating. And uh, I actually just recently listened to like an hour and a half of the timeline uh, with you and uh, Jeff. Uh, Really fascinating. But give us just a really quick overview. And we're going to go through some of that with some Key questions. Go, go around, for it, Neil. Like, what what thread are, you, are you? Well, from for? from I think the, your first kind of biggest break uh, around the squatty pot. You don't want all period, the failures
2: before that. We, okay, we, we We'll, just, get, to we'll, we'll, get, we'll <laughs> get to that as
1: well. We don't want to. We don't want to skip over that. We'll come back to it. But um, and then up to, to so, today. So, so there's
3: timeline from our first break yeah. to today. Yeah. So um,
2: I think that would be probably Ourobrush. No. Was it
3: was Orbra, was that, is
2: the first. that was the first time we worked together on a business. Was that, but which one first? you remember? That is, I don't Okay, remember. I think
3: Orebrush was first. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Jeffrey was finishing up school, met an inventor who had been trying to sell this tongue cleaner mm-hmm. that would get rid of bad breath. And um, and he was he had tried for years to sell this thing and was, was failing. And uh, Jeffrey went up to him after class because a bunch of students had got up and said, we've done the research and people won't buy this thing online. 92% of people said they want to buy this in a in a retail store. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff raised his hand and said, 8% of Americans, that's quite a few people, like probably around 30 million people. Um, why don't you start selling to them and and after the class uh, uh dr robert wagstaff went up to him and said hey I, I love your idea i'm interested in selling that same summer i was um visiting uh J- jeffrey and he gave me an ore brush because i was at business meetings and i said i forgot forgot to bring a toothbrush on the trip and i'm, I'm in trouble got a bunch of he's like oh have you seen this he let me try the Aura Brush. I tried it, and worked the whole day. And then we watched a movie that night. And at midnight, I could tell that uh, I didn't have that sensation on my breath. And I'm like, "This product really works. Anyway, we connected and connected with uh, the founder, and we started Aura Brush together as a as a new company. And then um, uh, Jeffrey with Austin Craig and 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 uh, and Joel Ackerman. Uh, built a, a, a video that we put out on YouTube. And I built a website and started helping with optimization so we could get this thing to sell. And at the time, YouTube was just barely starting to sell advertising. And we were the first advertiser. And we got a break because you could buy ads for a penny. Less. Ad, or, mm. or Yeah, or less. Mm. And yeah, to the point we heard later when we were invited to YouTube that they had to like rate limit or rush so that, so that we didn't see it didn't seem like that we were the only advertiser on YouTube, because they were trying to get their start. But we were the first company to make money on YouTube, and we went from zero sales, to global distribution of the Aura Brush, just by marketing on YouTube, to where I was in Walmart, Walgreens, in Japan, in yeah. Europe, all over the world, in about, I don't know, two, two years, and um, and that really we just got a break because we were there at the right time we had enough skills and we got this break where the ads were super cheap so that gave us our break and then af- as we finished up Brush and our stock vested there we had this eccentric brilliant uh, businesswoman from Texas who brought us a little poop spray called Poopery and said I want you to do what you did for Brush for my poop spray and um, Poopery and and so then, then we, we were trying to decide what to do next for the next company. And we decided to start this little um, this ad campaign for poo on the side. And, um, and last minute, one night, we were trying to create an entity to receive a check from the the Pouperee company. And Jeffrey said, we should just call this Harmon Brother. So we'd stick it in the Utah website. And next morning, receive the check. And within three weeks, we had the, the ad launch, and it just took off. And we 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 were thinking Harmon Brothers would be a placeholder, and had made fun of people who named their companies <laughs> after them. And uh, and but then it hit all the news in the press, and and uh, and Jeffrey was grateful that we named it that because he wanted Jeffrey's really a brilliant marketer, but he wanted all the brothers to have recognition for what had happened, and um, so. So the, so Harmon Brothers got formed we wanted to start this this company um, uh, called Bid Angel because we want we had young children and we loved storytelling and we wanted to share stories with our family and um, after getting Poopery launched I went with my brother Jordan and we started working on Bid Angel and Jeffrey and Daniel focused on Harmon Brothers. And um, and so we started VidAngel. Angel. And uh, then obviously we tried a bunch of things with VidAngel. Angel. We got sued by Disney. Somehow we survived that lawsuit. We uh, <laughs> we sold off the filtering uh, product and started an original content studio, um, Angel Studios. And our first two projects were Our Comedy, which is a smash hit, has a, over 150 million viewers, gets over a billion views a year, and uh, The Chosen, which is now. Um, at at a hun- around a hundred million viewers, and uh, everywhere through the world, it's become a global phenomenon. And we're like, well, here we are building a movie studio, and uh, as, as farmers from Idaho. And is that too that long? Or? That okay. It. It okay, that was perfect.
1: That's great. Uh, and then the consultancy as well. Tell
2: us a little bit about how. That yeah. Goes. So, so the agency in and Angel it was almost this hey you know jordan you and neil go here and jeffrey and daniel and benton a cousin this is before <laughs> i was even involved um you go here and the after poopery the, the squatty potty team you know sought, sought us out and they had had some success and they were scheduled for shark tank and, and um and so i i, I uh, I, I wasn't involved yet, but they were starting to get a name for themselves from the standpoint of building video ads, right? Conversion video ads and, and finding some successful distribution. And and um, uh, it, it
3: says he wasn't involved, but when you get into the struggles, like he, he he's one of the reasons that that I was able to make it, because mm. uh, the way that he helped me through
2: struggles. But. So yeah, and I, I was actually going through some, some financial setback even at that time. Um, so uh, I was in my late 30s, and um, I had worked as a as a business manager at a law firm in Southern Oregon uh, with my father-in-law. Actually, he um, uh, I was I was managing the, the the business side of the firm, doing a little bit of paralegal work, doing some advertising, that kind of thing, and. Um, uh, we decided to wind. The, there was a. I won't go into it, but basically there was a decision to, to close the firm. Um, it, it, it kind of broke up, and 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 ra- rather than he was going into politics or had already gone into politics and was continuing to pursue that, and so we kind of looked at our options, and and decided to to wind it down. And so it took about a year to wind it down. But I really didn't have a lateral move in in Southern Oregon. He was paying me well, and I had a family to support. And, you know, it was during the 08, 09 period. And so the housing on the West Coast had, had started to crater and we were upside down in our home and all those kinds of things. And so anyway, I had uh, a business that I had run in my, um, since my early 20s. And I had a partner who was, it had, it had continued. It wasn't thriving, but it was a business in promotional products um, here in Utah. and And there was a, Decision basically to that she wanted to get out of it, and I could come back into it if I wanted to, and so it's what I had to come back to, but it it couldn't support us. So you know I was when 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 Jeff and and uh, and Benton and Dan were working on the Squatty Potty script and we're having those writers retreats and everything. I was I was demoing his basement in the house he just bought, you know, yeah. <laughs> just doing construction labor, just trying to not slide backwards. My wife was cleaning houses and things, and and just trying to to make it you know and um and so that was a decade ago so so you say you know if you were you know you've been successful all this time well that's not quite (laughs) the whole story right and so anyway that um but at that time I I had done a kickstarter with um with Austin Craig with uh, with uh Connor Boyack um and my brother Daniel um to do a documentary film um, Jeffrey was involved in that, and who else was involved in that? Austin's wife, Becky, um, life Daniel. On, life on Bitcoin. Yeah, it was a, it was a Bitcoin documentary. Mm-hmm. I was super interested in that. You um, got
3: all of our family into crypto. crypto. Into crypto, you were that one. <laughs> I was that guy, annoys everybody. Yeah.
2: So anyway, um, but I just was, you know, I mean, we were, we were surviving, you know, renting and, and, and trying to make it. Um, and uh, but it was it was good. And, and I got to do a project or two with my brothers and, as kind of a, a part time gig. And they they saw that I worked hard and had, you know, able to communicate with people. And and so I um, got involved when we started to work with Purple.
3: What? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say specific names, but let's just say that uh, <laughs> um, we've had a few people we've worked with that the more successful we've been, the harder the relationship has been, and Theron uh, is the perfect balance to that. He's able to. Well, Thank you. What, is, what does that mean?
2: The harder, yeah. the harder
0: the the relationship has been. I mean, because you guys have a strong creative vision, and is it a is it a oh, that's is it a part of
2: it? Of, it's yeah. part of it. Our business model was built on when we built we built on a big kind of a residual. And so if it went God, huge, I, I mean, there were ads that we did when we did ads for Squatty Potty and Poopery and Purple and ChatBooks and all these different companies, you know, some of these ads were, I was getting served them three to five years later and and we had models built around that. And so I think we needed to do some work on our model into some degree as well. There were just, you just have strong personalities. You have people that are, are. You know, we had strong personalities, and and these are founders that go and you go in and you help them, and, and they have incredible teams and they do awesome stuff, and and all of them had amazing products, and and so you come in triple their business, and there's all of a sudden a lot more voices and a lot more money and all those. We things. Had,
3: we had one founder. I'm not I'm not going to say the brand's name, but we had one founder who said, after the campaign was just exploding, selling out all the product, and 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 we get this irate phone call saying you're destroying our brand because
1: i don't have enough product to give to <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and, well, uh,
0: <laughs> you guys are good at your job
1: <laughs> and you, yeah. you prob- yeah, that's probably that's probably part of your criteria now right making sure you only bring on brands that are ready for that yeah huge, that's part yeah road, yeah right?
2: there is more betting along that front and and the, the environment changed too right meaning it's it's the the you know the what well, some of those really early ads um you know they had they there was an economic engine behind them but it appeared to the outside that it was only viral right yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 there was a fair amount of viral component and and facebook and google started to really tamp down on that meaning they you kind know, of like they could smell money and so that all the algorithms changed right and so the the, the ads even in those original formats, we still do those formats and have had successes inside the last you know six, twelve, twenty-four months that are in the tens of millions of dollars. But you wouldn't know the brands like those early ones. Those were getting a lot of attention because the style was very groundbreaking, and and therefore we were getting a lot of PR and so forth. And so I think, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but the the, the point is is that we do. Uh, try to vet that more, but it's it's a better problem to have to, you know, sell out your product than it is to not yeah.
1: be able to sell anything. For sure. So we've covered your family, your culture. We're going to come back to that at the end. I've got two challenges for you, actually. Okay. Um, kind of brotherly rivalry competition. It <laughs> relates to something in your childhood, actually, that I found out. <laughs> um so two competitions Uh-oh. we'll come to that in a moment we're at the end okay um if anyone came for a squatty pot did anyone come just today to get you're to win a squatty potty squatty party? no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <he'd>... so is this... <laughs> <It's> the challenge <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know where you're awesome. at not... <laughs> i think we might lose our audience quite quickly um but um but we'll get to, to that at the end. Um, but yeah, Josh, where where do we go next?
0: I, I I honestly, there's so many interesting things about kind of what you guys just covered. I am interested just in you know, obviously, I think that. Um, so you mentioned timing was a big part of of, of what happened at that for moment. For sure, for sure. Were, were the length of your ads were those happening anywhere else, or was that also pretty unique to what you guys were doing? That was pretty new. Yeah, and for sure. and so like as as things have evolved, like what's been the biggest. Understanding that you're with Angel Studios now and and you're with the consulting, but so how has that affected with the current state of you know post COVID, but also the the changing algorithms? Like I'm I, even there was a question from somebody in the audience who was asking about like what are you bullish on in terms of what ad, like the what which platforms you're running ads on, and sure. I'm just interested in kind of how like the difficulties that you faced through through some of these changes or or what you guys are
2: seeing as a result. I think Angels are great framework, to, you know, for, was to answer that, because you're doing a lot of cutting-edge stuff with yeah. live video and all kinds
3: of things. Yeah. Um, uh, so the nice thing about growing up with these platforms is that we've been able to, to stay on top of things, and so as they've become more competitive, um, we, uh, we've been able to adjust to those changes. And, and still build out scalable models. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of unrest right now because of uh, um, iOS 14 changes and the, the Google changes that followed too. And it's, I mean, quite frankly, it's going to make it harder for smaller folks to do what we did back then. That's why I say part of it's timing. Um, but there are... Um, opportunities if you if you if you understand the implications of the fact that you can't have you know you can't track your user for more than 24 hours you got you've got to get an action that you can track or
2: bring them into your ecosystem
3: ecosystem in 24 hours in a way that you can follow up with them in the future and as soon as you can rebuild your models instead of tracking over 28 days you've got you got to you got to grab that user well enough that in that 24 hour time period, and then follow that user, um, in order to, uh, build a scalable model now. So if you can, if you change your mind yep. from trying to go for that, yeah, cause we used to, especially on a small ticket item, we'd go for the sale and remarketing, and we'd go for an ad that would play well during the five second skip period on YouTube. And, and that mm-hmm. would play well on Facebook visually because you know, 80%, of people were just watching these videos without the audio on you, you nail those two things, you know, Facebook, they've performed better as as square ads than they do as portrait or landscape. Um, if, if you nail those things and then you think of your conversion funnel as I've got to snack something in 24 hours. And then I follow that for, you know, until I get through a sale. That's, it's just a change. Of thinking yeah. Today. Yeah. No, that's, that's
0: great. And, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys too was, obviously, um, I think to do some of the things that that have been done, you know, to to build, uh, to to pers- persist through VidAngel and to build Angel Studios as well as to create. Uh, I think the length of ad being that it was unique, as well as the uh, some of these ads that were done, but also some of the content within the ads as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's disruptive, and and I think that there's an element of like you have to have, I think, some unless you're, unless you're crazy, I think that there's an element of a strong vision there, right? Like you have to have some sort of strong vision and courage and belief in yourself that you're doing the right thing to persist in those, in those moments. Like, I think I even read about some of the difficulty trying to sell the concept of just like the squatty potty, for example, but I'm sure even through the lawsuit, like to, I'm sure community is a, is a, is a huge part of this confidence as well, but I'm interested in, um, you know, in terms of going through these moments with a strong vision and. And is there one one of you that's kind of really persistent with a really strong vision that's kind of very inspiring to everybody else? Or kind of what have you seen to help bring each other through these through these moments? And when maybe other people might not see that, well, a a unicorn pooping ice cream isn't a good idea, you know, or something like that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I would say Jeffrey
2: was.
3: Very thinking we all married well.
2: Yeah. 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 The supportive supportive spouses for sure. Mm. Yeah, but um, both those factors yeah, were, were Jeffrey's the fifth one down. Um, but he you know he was the one that uh, kind of saw the vision of the Orbra, right And he, he worked for six months with no pay on that. Mm. just trying to just to you know trying Facebook group and all kinds of things. We did a business together. Um, trying to create, a, and this was all of us, this was the whole family, except for I think the youngest, because she just wasn't old enough to really be involved. Um, but uh, do, the, where we were trying to, it's called Status King, and it was kind of a Reddit or a dig for, for, for Facebook. So you'd rank statuses, and then we you know, had a, a, a t-shirt printing algorithm that Neil cut it up and everything, and it, it was never financially successful, but we were we were swinging right and and there was there was a, a lot we of made that
3: business over christmas break mm.
2: yeah so it was it was just there was a hunger to succeed and and plenty of failure <laughs> um but um but yeah our, our spouses like you can't, you can't bring you know nine kids together and all their spouses and their young children And use your christmas break to talk about business and meal coding you know 16 hours a day and 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 kind of a thing and have unless you have a really supportive infrastructure and of each other then you can't can't do that you know what i mean you have to have i mean there are ways of course for anyone to to tap into that level of support to find Friends to find partners that can give them that support. Frankly, communities like Kiln, I think, start to start to create some of that to give you that that level of of um, uh, just (laughs) that that time when nothing's happening, right? Or that you 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 have not figured your model out, and that and frankly, I
1: think that you know we yeah. It'd be great to talk about more of those failures or those challenges. Yeah. But what, where are you going to go before I think, that? Yeah, we could probably
0: start going into Angel Angel Studios. I think you know, or at least it's, it's interesting to think about that pivot too. Like at a moment when there's probably a lot of success here, you chose to go off and do uh, to do VidAngel, right? And um, so yeah, just tell us about that that decision and um, yeah, just some of the ups and downs that I guess you faced along that ride.
3: Okay. Um. So, it, Darren did well in mentioning Benton. We we actually consider Benton and Jordan, Daniel, Jeffrey, all co-founders yeah. of VidAngel, um, and because we were all working in our basements together, on on both uh, Harmon Brothers and right. VidAngel, yeah.
2: trying to see which one would take off, and then they both started to yeah. get some traction.
3: Yep. Um, <clears throat> but the real aha moment. Um, Aaron spoke well of Jeffrey. Jeffrey's wired differently than any of the brothers and he's wired differently than most people. Um, <laughs> he, when, when, when he came, he served a mission in Ireland and, and I was starting a business and he came home and I'd been studying all these books and um, these business books. And I remember studying the art of action to learn about conversion funnels and web pages and and was working on a business and was trying to work on a conversion page. And then Jeffrey came home and he just whipped up a conversion page. And I'm, I said, you implemented all the principles I've been learning about in like a dozen books, just mm. intuitively. And, um, and he just has this gift for, uh, for business that's, that's, that's unique, um, on understanding opportunity. He wasn't interested in VidAngel. did didn't like the idea of it. Felt like it could be a legal quagmire. <laughs> no, uh, no way. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, and 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 he didn't. He didn't. He his his kids were young. I mean, like he was. He wasn't as interested in that product for his own children at that time. And um, I remember the morning that it, it clicked for both of us. Is I I I had this experience and and thought that if we built this product that we would be able to attract an audience of like-minded people who are who, are, who like us want to share great stories with their children but they don't necessarily want their young children reenacting things mm. that aren't appropriate in a family or saying things to each other right. you know to their siblings. and i said i i i, I remember telling jeffrey if we build this, then um, we'll attract an audience of people and we'll be able to distribute, produce and distribute stories to them better. We'll have the information and the data to distribute stories better than Hollywood does to this group. And the moment I uh, w- we talked about that, Jeffrey's like, oh, I get it. I'm super excited about that. that there's real scale and content. It's worth the risk. And so... Um, uh, that's when Jeffrey decided to get involved in VidAngel and, and, and most people don't know that at the very beginning of Bit Angel, we were planning on trying to turn that into a distribution company, mm-hmm. which is why after, after we got through the lawsuit, um, and people were confused when we sold the filtering technology, um, because we had arrived at where we were trying to get to. Yeah. Um, so, um, I lost your question. And so I'll stop. Talking. No, that's
0: good. So <laughs>
3: let's just let's just can we dive into the let's, so
0: the lawsuit, yeah. though, yeah. right? Like, what was the lowest moment of that? Like, I'm sure that's a pretty terrifying thing to have happen. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Um, Jeffrey would say that the very lowest moment was when the judgment was uh, entered for sixty two point four million
2: dollars yeah. in,
3: in, in the Los Angeles court. And, and,
2: uh, is that um, the lowest moment for you though? Or is that even something you want to speak to?
3: I, no, I, I, I can't, I shouldn't share the lowest moment yeah, yeah. for me. Um, but, um, Jeffrey said at that point, um, he said, you know, that's it. There's no way, there's no way out of it. And he, and he, he was, he said that's his lowest moment. And he says he remembers writing in his journal, you know, I don't believe that we're going to survive this, but I'm going to work like like we can. And um, I, um, because before we started this company, I could, I, 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 um, I just felt deep down that even though I didn't know how that how it would turn out, that things would turn out. Mm-hmm. And to the point where people thought I was a little crazy, that I wasn't facing reality, that I wasn't, you know, I just kept believing it was going to work out. Even when we filed bankruptcy, even when we went into the bankruptcy court and they overturned some of our rulings, when they started threatening to sue us personally, when um, um, when all these things happened, I just, even though it didn't seem like there was a path out. I, I believe that we were gonna make it and um, and I really don't know why I, I wouldn't actually ascribe it to some kind of inner strength of mine um, it was just I, I just sense it so anyway um, and and um, and so then when it did turn out so the reason that we got out of the, no, no company that we know of has ever survived the lawsuit from Disney, no startup. And
2: it was not just Disney, it was Disney, Warner Brothers, Lucasfilm, and Lucas wasn't with Disney when it started. If, what was the fourth one? Was like, there was it?
3: Fox, but Disney acquired Fox. So it was really Disney and, and Warner
2: Brothers, because
3: right. Disney owned all the rest of them. So... Um, uh, The reason that we won the lawsuit with with Disney was one, we filed for bankruptcy in Utah, which gave us enough time to get Drybar and The Chosen off the ground. That gave us a year to build up a business that we could say there's a chance for this company. Uh, Two, COVID hit, which helped The Chosen to explode. People were stuck in their homes and they wanted something hopeful. And uh, and Mm -hmm. so they started watching that show like crazy. Three, Disney started losing $25 million a day during COVID because they had to shut down all their stores. They had to shut down their the parks, parks. Yep. and somebody, you know, the the the, the sec the number two guy was at trial for all seven days during our trial. Um, and somebody decided, because after trial, one of the attorneys looked at me, I went up to shake her hand, and she wouldn't shake my hand. She was so angry with us, even though they won. She was so angry with us, the way that we fought, she wouldn't shake my hand, and it, I looked at her eyes, and it was like she wants our like she wants to destroy us. <laughs> There's no question this this lawyer wants to destroy us, and uh, and they went straight to the to the bankruptcy court and tried to destroy us, and and um, um,
2: yeah, they definitely had the goal to, to 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 destroy dissolve the business. Right, right they did not right. want it to
3: survive. So the COVID situation created a scenario where the higher ups brought in some new lawyers tried to, that were that weren't after our blood and i think they were probably just like stop bleeding money uh, our attorneys say that disney probably spent over 30 million dollars on our lawsuit when mm. we sold 3 million dollars of disney <laughs> movies and and made them <laughs> made them a profit so uh, you know we spent 6 million they spent 30 you know eventually <laughs> People tire and when, when their company's losing so much. So it was a really a miracle that we even got out of the lawsuit. But as soon as the COVID thing happened, and they could see the chosen and dry bar growing, they're just like, and then our, our trustee in the bankruptcy said, these guys are going to pay off the entire judgment." And Disney's like, "Oh no, 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 we're not interested in being paid off. We just want we want you guys to stop filtering our stuff with your technology." So we settled uh, with the um, oh, I, did, I forgot one thing. During the Disney fight, eight thousand people—I shouldn't have forgotten this. Eight thousand people invested ten million dollars to help our company. Totally survive. at risk. Yeah. yeah. And and so those you those, four so things, those four things those uh, four things made it so that uh, that Angel would survive, and then it became. Too.
2: So that's what covered the six million dollars and got Drybar off the ground. You know with
1: that um, yeah, that It is incredible. I, I I kind of want to understand. You don't necessarily know this because you are not Disney, but what was driving what was driving that? Was it a certain leader? Was it a certain? I mean, I I worry that it's just their you know bad to the core value like somewhere has gone wrong. Why would they do that, right? And we've we've had lots of corporate bullies out there, sure, over the sure. years. But I don't know.
3: So um, it was confusing to me when when we first got the lawsuit that it was Disney, but it wasn't confusing for very long because if the Angel succeeded all so disney if you look at a quadrant of where all the studios sit and you look at the accessible family-friendly content there's only one company that sits in that quadrant yeah and so us pulling excuse me us using technology that pulls all the other studios content into competition with disney it it makes economic sense for them to not want that to happen that makes sense yeah so um you know, there were some ugly things that happened, and I feel like you know our mom read us stories about Walt Disney when we were young. So we, we yeah looked, he was a looked, hero for us yeah for sure mm-hmm. the Disney brothers were heroes to us, mm-hmm. and so we feel like and one of our driving forces I wanted to be an animator
2: when I was when I was growing up, and, d- and my brother Daniel actually tried to get into the BU animation program yeah two or three times, and didn't get in. But now he's no, showing sure, ro- he's now he's he's sure an animated <laughs> show. So, that's, that's, <laughs> so, so was there
0: that feeling of no feeling it was going to be okay? Was there a moment, I guess, when you were coming out of this that, that you realized that feeling? Like it, it was like, oh, this is, this is the moment where it is actually okay. And, and if so, yeah, I guess, what, what was it when?
3: Yeah, when was that? So, I hope this is helpful to people here. So, I did a company. Um, that failed spectacularly. And um, uh, Theron helped with money. My parents sold their house to support this company. I had Mm -hmm. uncles and aunts who helped support this company, and it failed. And um, I spent years trying to dig out of that mess. But at the very bottom of that mess, um, I remember that it was this, it was kind of a precursor to chatbook. We had this product called Memory Press. We were just before our time and our tech, We'd, we weren't able to get it there before the 2008 crash happened. And um, after the crash happened, I had to let go even more of our team and I lost a key engineer and our site went down. And I remember um, working to get that website back up, and I didn't sleep for seventy-two hours. Um, and at about 40, forty-eight hours, I remember sitting out on the porch. Um, I was at, you know, my family's house, and we were living off of food stores. We didn't have food. I had gotten a, a bleeding ulcer in my stomach, um, and my health wasn't good. And I looked out. And I just couldn't see a path forward. It just felt so dark. I was like, there's no way out of this mess. And and I've always wondered whether I can be an entrepreneur. And I have officially banked.
2: Lost people hundreds of thousands of dollars,
3: right? Yeah, almost a half a million dollars. And I had $90,000 of high interest credit card debt under my name and couldn't get a $20 bank uh, line for, 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 uh, checks that, uh, the bounce. Anyway, I just was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. This is it. And, uh, when it was that black, um, um I can't say it any other way, except I think that there's a power outside of us. And uh, something, a power outside of me, got me to get back up, walk back in the house, and continue to code for 24 hours to get things back up and running. And I got them back up and running. And that, for me, was the moment where I personally succeeded. That company never succeeded. Like I still had to work seven years. It, it, it failed. I eventually shut it down. But that was the real victory for me. Was at that moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it was the most important lesson. And it was at the time when I felt like
1: my value was the very least. Mm. Sounds like you you returned to that moment multiple times then mm-hmm. to remind yourself that was the moment that I know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: I mean. It, powerful to having, you know, be, be able to go back to that when, when you're not sure to having gone through yeah. that. Right. But, um, in terms of, I guess, so now what you've seen with the success of, of some of the, I mean, what I think is really incredible about, um, Angel Studios, like the idea of putting the power back into the hands of the community, right. To fund the, the, the content that they want to see, I think is incredible. Um, I, and, and, you know, I think that what's also interesting about that is you have the pay it forward um, feature, right? So, I, I, it, the idea of how important community is, and and those thousands of people who believe in you originally, and now even probably more than that who continue to believe in you, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that you can talk to in regards to like what you're seeing now as you kind of move into what is it the third season of the Chosen, which? I think it's going to be in theaters uh November this, 18th. November 18th yep. and 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 not only that but you have so many other pieces of content as well. So of course like Tuttle Twins and um a whole a whole line and drive our comedy a whole but a whole lineup of various different coming up uh, shows yeah. that are coming up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can just talk about community and the importance uh that, that they played in helping you build up to where that got.
3: Yeah. So like I said community we saved us um we were we we uh, raised the 10 million dollars in five days right during the disney lawsuit we used that money to to start um the uh, dry bar and daniel um emailed or called uh, both jeffrey and me and said hey this is really powerful what if you took this concept and and uh and funded shows based off the crowd decision and um that really clicked and resonated so after we got dry bar running um, we went and uh we're looking for our first scripted series which we ended up deciding to do the chosen and uh 19,000 people backed the chosen we've now had um i don't know the exact number of projects that are now funded but um they'll miss one if i list them off but we're up to almost like uh uh probably 65,000 investors wow. um, that have invested in, in the projects. Across the portfolio of projects. Right? Mm-hmm. Across, uh, uh, across the projects. Um, and um, there's a book called Wisdom of Crowds that teaches how uh, smart uh, collective wisdom is and that gives some examples um, of, a, of a scientist going to a fair where they were doing a raffle, guessing the weight of an ox, and whoever guessed the closest weight uh, won a prize. Well, the scientists went afterwards and took all the tickets and said, and did a calculation and found out that the the uh, the the average was within one pound of the weight of the ox, which was almost perfect. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Had three lifelines. Um, you guys remember the lifelines, one's like the 50-50 lifeline, another's the expert lifeline, another's the audience lifeline. And which was the most coveted lifeline? It was the audience. The reason was is because 50-50 was 50-50. The experts on average got were right 65% of the time. The audience on average was 91% of the time right, um, voting through a computer. Um, another cool example is the, the Navy was looking for a, a, a wrecked uh, ship brought together a bunch of experts, gave uh, 150, not experts, 150 people from all different fields, said, here's all the information we have. You guys make independent decisions on where you think the ship is. We think it's somewhere in this like 200 mile range. This group of people found the location of the wreckage within 300 yards. Um, And and, uh, this principle just proves itself over and over again and so um, this is what angel is built on angel it, uh, angel refers to the investors, the, the the owners of these projects when they take ownership for what they're doing, and they th- put themselves in the decision of i want uh, do I want to see this made then um, when a large enough group validate that, then that project will be more likely to succeed in the market than if Harvey Weinstein chooses a project for. Uh, for distribution in Hull you know the elite versus the audience
1: massive customer feedback basically at scale
3: yep Um,
1: well well, we are going to get to questions from the audience as well Um, how important do you think would you have got to where you got to without the trials of the Disney case like would you be here right now talking about The Chosen if it wasn't for that No, and why not? Like, what what was it? What were the key things from that that made that happen?
3: So when when uh, when Jeff, so uh, a mutual friend of Dallas Jenkins and 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 us, Matthew Ferracci, introduced us to the pilot episode of The Children. It's called The Shepherd. Jeffrey watched it first when Matthew sent it to both of us, and he said, "You need to watch that show in your inbox, and I think it's going to be our first scripted series." And I said, "What's it about?" and uh he says it's about jesus (laughs) i said no we're a for-profit company we're not going to go make a show about jesus as our very first project um that just doesn't make any sense that's a church's job anyway he said just watch it see what you think Anyway, i sat down and watched it and uh this story just took me in and i realized afterward, oh you know church's never going to be able to make this kind of a series um the way that uh the audience could so um I think the fact that we, so first off, when we started VidAngel, we had talked to experts in the industry, and they said to grow to an audience of at least a million before we started to get into original content. And so that's where we were headed. And we thought we would get there uh, at the time, it was 2016. We were thinking we'd get there maybe by 2019, 2018, or something like that, based on our growth trajectory. We got sued. At the time we got sued, we had, I think that December, we had 188,000 unique customers pay us that month. And um, so we were way behind the million. But once we were sued, we're like, there's not going to be another chance to start this thing. We're going to just announce the studio and go for it. And that's when we announced the studio, did dry bar. And I think that put us in a spot that we were humble enough and, and, and the Dallas also had his own experience that humbled him that brought most unlikely partners together and to make something. And um, and uh, it turned out that having gone on that path, we probably accelerated because that we did 8 million, less than $8 million the year mm-hmm. we were sued. And last year we did, I think 122 or 123 I mean, it just accelerated our growth so much to get into original content um, that it was for the better that, that happened.
1: That's amazing. What would you have got here without the Pay It Forward? No. Can you just tell me how you got there? Was it inspir- like just a moment of inspiration? Was it brainstorming 100 ideas and experimenting with them? How did you get to a Pay It Forward feature?
3: Um, the- Jeffrey would tell this story well, but um, uh, but he's not here. So thousands of tests. Uh, we started out trying to sell it like you would sell a normal show. You pay money to watch it. We tried giving away the first episode for free and then you pay money to watch it. We tried rental. We tried testing thumbnails, testing conversion paths, testing and testing for six months. We tried this sharing system where you could go and buy the show for other people. I remember buying a hundred copies, trying to give it to all my friends and I couldn't get, I got two people to watch it after after giving away all these copies. And, uh, <laughs> and I think only one of them really watched it because they talked to me about it afterwards because they were excited about it. You always know when someone's watched the chosen because they'll talk to you about it afterwards, they wanna talk about it. Um, and uh and ideas um we, we were just stuck on this problem and um the community started seeing people say i wish i could watch the show and then people would say online hey i've got a free one i'll gi- I'll, I'll give you a free one and then you can go watch it you should really watch it and people would do this online and, um, and I remember one night, um, Jeffrey and I, and I remember Liz was sitting right over right by us, we just started talking about the fact that the people who watch the show so want to share it, and that there are people who are totally ready to, re- to receive it, but they don't know each other. And so it was that night that the Pay It Forward was born, and it did feel like just a flood of, you know, of inspiration um and the thank you note system and everything we thought of that night and then we just went to work coding and um went to talk dallas wouldn't said he couldn't talk to us about it until november which was weeks before it was time to launch the next the 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 season and uh but we just went to work building the whole system even though we didn't know if dallas was going to get on board with it and um and then we told him about it and luckily his wife loved the the idea and um and pay it forward was born and then by covid in the beginning we we rate limited like we had to have enough pay it forwards to um um for people to be able to access it, or they had to wait in line and then in, in during covid we decided to just remove all the all the limits um every, every everybody felt good about that dallas called us that day we had made Bit angel free that weekend working all weekend and then dallas called us monday morning and said hey i think we should make like we should remove the rate limits and we're like that's a that's a great idea <laughs> and and uh and so we, we released it and as we did it just grew and grew and grew and grew um, through through COVID and so that was that was the break that made the chosen happen uh it was eight or nine eight eight months of testing and it was first the first season right so with the, the first, first se- half of the se- first season
2: first half of the first season had already been made mm-hmm. and it was trying to build a distribution model, yeah, business model around that. That's right.
1: Amazing. A, good, a great example of just iterating, right? And yeah. Just trying to find the right thing. Uh, we need to wrap up and let questions yeah. start, but we you do, have a couple of last ones? I just have one last question.
0: So, um, if you guys were to give one piece of advice to somebody who's setting out to do something, you know, novel, creative, innovative, or disruptive, um, you know, they're setting out on that long journey. Maybe they're armed with an idea and that's about it. Um, what advice might you give somebody who's setting out to do something a bit crazy?
2: Well, I, I mean, this isn't my own saying. I think I think I probably heard it from Russell Brunson, like, you know, you don't have resources, use resourcefulness, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not novel, but that, that really is a very true principle. Um, there, there, is, there is so much that can be done just just using the time you have available, and and uh, you know sharing repeatedly, right, As in a way that allows you to hone it. I think too many. I mean, why is it that it takes you know fifty tests to get a funnel, but you give up after three times trying to talk to somebody about an idea? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Me- meaning, there's there's that that iterative process is is very real. Not just in conversion marketing, but even in the propagation of your own idea. Yeah, I love it. Um,
3: I would definitely say, just it, it, the moment you give up, that you it's not possible any longer. So just don't, just don't give up.
1: Perfect. Great. So do we, do we have some rapid fire questions that you want to go through, or do we uh, open it up straight yeah, up let's to let's the audience? Open it up for the, the audience. audience. We we'll do a quick Q and A for a
4: couple couple minutes. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm Chris. First of all, I want to say I'm so proud of you guys for what you have done and just going through so much hardship and not giving up. I've been there myself. I don't think my my successes and my failures haven't been as big, but definitely that entrepreneur path is a crazy adventure, right? And for me, I feel like it's not necessarily about the thing you create or the money It's about what it does to you because I have friends who sit in cushy salary jobs and they don't grow. Right. They just surf Facebook and try to get out of stuff. And like we are attacking (laughs) problems head on all the time. Right. Right. And growing and having these things that crush you and somehow you crawl out of it and you grow and it pushes you in this other direction you didn't see. And so I don't know if this is a question Just say, I love you guys are great. Uh, I feel you on a different, smaller scale and that for me is just about the growth that's what we're really doing companies come and go money comes and goes but for me it's the growth and thanks for being a great example of that that's it I well
2: said well said thank you anybody else yeah we're we'll oh. over
5: here hi if you could have if you have a if there's a problem right now that you're stumped on that you're trying to solve and someone could come in just with a magic wand and solve that problem what is the problem? Ooh. I didn't mean to stump you or anything. Someone asked <laughs> from, me this from, and it helped from, me a So from a,
2: this is the the, the e-commerce strategist coming in. Um, I, the amount of friction around um, like, influencer or um you know kind of uh sharing your your ideas through the crowd and having that be properly incentivized and the amount of like agencies and people stumbling through that and trying to get a cact that can work uh you know i that is a that's a that's an interesting one that i think a magic wand would be very useful So, like if you had a gordian knot and then you you just cut it with a sword Mm -hmm. that would be the thing well, it's one of them. It's one of them because, in, you know, to, to Neil's point earlier, the um, the being able to successfully media buy. I, I was on a on a webinar not too long ago with folks from uh, representatives from Klaviyo and and Triple Well, and and they had some other e-commerce company that was represented there as well, and they basically said that if if they they were looking across all on the back end all of their different clients that are using those platforms. and the ones that were growing in this environment, and I'm sure that it's more complex than this, but they were folks that had uh, had tackled TikTok. It doesn't mean that TikTok was even the majority of what they were spending or that they that they um, you know were that they had abandoned meta or Google or anything else that they were doing. But for whatever reason, Many of the companies that were succeeding had that in common that in, in this environment, and so I think that there's there's so much um, fragmentation going on in the world of platforms and and everything from the, the, the censorship and the the um, uh, all the technologies that are used to suppress advertising and so forth. There there's the, the models that are able to kind of weave through the the canyons of that environment are are fascinating and i'm seeing a lot of one-offs but but getting a um uh, a unified theory around that i think is pretty tough And, and i'd love to have a magic wand for that purpose
5: thank you
3: um this is more of a recommendation i'm looking for recommendations what book recommendations what's what's your top three book recommendations for your young self
2: Oh. Yeah, you want me to go? Sure. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, it's the business book is leadership and self Um And just all the ways we lie to ourselves about, you know, uh, our relationships and everything else. And there's a, there's a book that preceded that called The Bonds That Make Us Free, but it was kind of the precursor to the Harbinger Institute that published that book. So that that's a, those are a couple of big titles in my mind. They're commonly recommended, but there's a reason. Thank you. Um,
3: uh, any book or business book, or what do you think? Business books. Business books? <laughs> um, so I guess, the reason I ask that question is because I sometimes think that some of the most inspiration I get is from reading material that's totally unrelated to what I'm trying to solve. So um, I've read a lot of business books. I love uh, uh, um, I, I love the book. Good, great. I love... Um, I love *The Tipping Point* uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. I love uh, in, in dealing like dealing with uh, some of the lawsuit and um, and the realities of a of a trustless like a, a world where trust. Like the lack of trust comes at a huge cost. It was it was really instructive for me to read uh, Genghis Khan, um, just to understand more Machiavellian type tendencies in people. And because I don't relate to that stuff, I'm more I'm more wired to trust to trust and to care about causes. And, um, but again, I think I've got more inspiration solving business problems by not reading business books. By being around people, or by reading other material, uh, meditating, or praying, than I have from the business book themselves. Though so I've gotten some good ideas that I've implemented from business books. Here.
2: Thank you. Essentialism by Spencer's <laughs> brother Greg is a good one. Oh too. yeah,
3: that's a great book.
2: No, really not. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> brother speaking. <laughs> um, hi,
5: I'm Nate. Thanks for sharing, you guys. My my question is a little bit. Not necessarily uh, business related, but definitely has everything to do with that. Um, I've heard it joked at Kiln more than once that uh, you're with your first investor longer than your first uh, marriage. Oh, no. I've heard it more than once. <laughs> and um, just hearing about all the, the wild roller coaster and you guys kind of tackling this as a big extended family. But I was hoping you could kind of unpack a little bit about how you kind of navigate this with your own nuclear families, with your kids and your spouses, especially like that ninety thousand in credit card debt and like feeling like God just said like you you're gonna be okay. But like how you know you experienced that, but what was that look like? For, what was that like for your spouse? I'd be curious to know some of the family dynamics at at play because a lot of us are. A lot of us are navigating startups with families mm-hmm. and i don't think a lot of us want the family thing to uh to dissolve uh, uh, i think we care about that too and so could you speak to that some what's your name i'm nate
3: nate that's a great question it is. go for it um nate i'm still married longer than my first investor so
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, well, barely, cause I invested really early. <laughs> that's true. That's, true. that's true. Year to year. That's true.
3: <laughs> um, the, uh, um, so I, Trisha should be here to share that, but she also, she thinks more positively than I actually do. Um, but, um, but family's uh, really, really important to us. And uh, for me, it's just been maintaining um, uh, some key patterns in our family that has helped us. Uh, I, I, uh, some of the things that were really helpful for us, we, we have a big family, but we, we do something called buddy time, um, where mom or dad spend time. <coughs> that's not influenced by whether or not the, the kids are doing their chores or whether they've been bad or whether the, it just happens. Um, and we we do this, we try to do this every week with every child, at least one of us for a while, and then it went every two weeks. And you know, we've, we've tried to maintain something around that pattern. Um, we also try to uh, just have one family uh, night uh, or day or we'll, you know, in, in, when we're in the film business, we'll take we'll take a vacation because the worst time of the year are all the holidays for us. So we'll just take a random vacation at, at, at strange times, just take off, go hiking. Like, I, I signed a big deal last week that was incredibly grueling to get done. Um, and the next day, I just left work, went home and made paper toys with my kids, and then we went hiking that afternoon. And just let everyone know I'm I'm, I'm checking out. Um, uh, but uh, as long as I think there's a way to be an entrepreneur where you're being an entrepreneur for them and for their future rather than for yourself, and I get that wrong probably more than 50% of the time, but I get it right enough that my family gives a good, um, you know, a good review of of how hard I try.
2: So, I think i probably got that wrong with my older. I have seven children, um former adults now, and with my oldest three, I got that wrong more than I got it right and and there, and I'm very fortunate with my marriage and And you know those those adult relationships with those kids are definitely you know improving, developing a very good thing. But to say that there isn't a cost is is not true, right? Meaning meaning, when when you can't detach from your work, and, and that's one of the benefits, frankly, to to just getting a job and saying, you know, this is a job I don't have to take home with me. I, I will find a way to clock out. I will set my boundaries. Um, in early stage, when you're pre-revenue or or when costs are exceeding revenue, and you've got that, you know, all those kinds of things, um, it's it's pretty grueling, and be learning the skill of of being present with your family actually is a learned skill it doesn't i don't think that comes naturally to most people i think that most of them actually they they perseverate on the business problems and 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 then sometimes that the pastizes into anxiety and and to to all kinds of you know lashing out all those kinds of things and i i'm pretty even keel it wasn't so much that; it was more just, you know, not, not, being, present. not being present, emotional yeah. neglect, if you will, right? And 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 that, I'm not making those mistakes as much with my younger children. In fact, I would say I've I've done a, a, a as much of a 180 as I can, um, and and yet um, I. Though that skill is actually probably more valuable to you than any other reward that can come out of the entrepreneurship, it is it's just learning to be with people and care and love, you know, for the things that they're interested in in that moment, including your own immediate family member.
1: That's yeah, great. Questions?
0: Probably have time for maybe one.
2: Yeah. Maybe. How much time have you got?
1: I, I'm, I'm fine. okay. I'm, I'm fine. fine. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys again. Um, As a young digital marketer, when you're in school and other places that are teaching you soft skills, um, a lot of classes can seem to have outdated information on actually how to do what you're doing. So as someone who's wanting to help friends with entrepreneurship, you know, ideas and different products, stuff like that, grow their businesses, what, I know we talked about books, but courses, other things with very hard skills, would you recommend maybe to grow into understanding these platforms and the changes and things that are happening right now
2: Dude, that's a that's a um we take your name and get back to you on it to be honest yeah. Brandon, I, i'll I, talk to you yeah yeah i i that's um yeah yeah let's and maybe you can it. send it to yeah these guys so they can publish it with the podcast. with the, with the yeah, podcast that. yeah thank you guys i'm a big fan of you guys um i just wanted to i just wanted to ask heading into this uh recession that we're kind of yeah. facing uh macroeconomics uh if you were to start over right now today uh what industry would you try to serve what model would you i mean food. i know it's a tough question but i, I get in food food mm-hmm. nice
4: I like
2: it mm-hmm. <laughs> you have one i agree Why? Whoa.
1: You've tried food before, right? And then we didn't even
2: get to Because there are too many people who who stun their noses at it. They they just and and It's it's not sexy and therefore it's it's constrained. It is hard, it is logistically hard, it perishes, it people don't like it, and yet they appreciate it, they want the best that they can get, and the inflation just keeps pushing it up. Plus, from the standpoint of just good you can do in the world, starvation is a real thing right now. Because of the, a lot of the political choices and the, the money printing fiascos and all those kinds of things that are going on, and so I mean I've, I read a stat that that right now, and and I don't know if I believe it frankly because I think it was being used to raise money, but somewhere along the line of um, one child every minute in Somalia is being checked into a clinic for malnutrition. So I'm not saying that they have the money to pay for it, but I'm just saying if you if you can if you can get in and 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 solve efficiency problems with food, if you can solve health problems with food, I, I just think it's a fascinating- Micro farming. Micro and yeah.
3: technologies to support problems that are happening there. Um, there's so, there's gonna be so much opportunity over the next three years in that space.
2: Or, or 10, yeah. I, I'd just love to hear when it comes to your production and you know maybe more on the Harmon Brothers commercials and mm. things like that, Just the curiosity
1: where you've spoken about crowdfunding and residuals, and and then when you're just like, okay, straight up, just pay me for it, and then we'll make it for you. What, how do you balance and when do you
2: choose your with, business model and how? Sure, you that? sure. So, so the agency was definitely formed to to be a services business, right? As, as much of a cash business as possible, and we've we've experimented with all kinds of things. We have a, we have a small uh, VC fund um, that is. That has invested in Harmon Brothers projects um, uh, with Rob McMillan Adventures. Um, done some partnering. It's it's it kind of on an SPV model. Um, so and and we've tried some rev share models. We've done ad spend royalties. We've done just really high production prices, and then you know make money on change orders and edits and those kinds of things. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean on the on the angel side, we've had to basically
3: of rebuild the whole system from top to bottom, the way that things get funded, the way that they get distributed. Um, uh, we have to deal with all the FCC, Finra stuff. So there's multiple businesses there, from, from just uh, to funding them, to content production to uh, distribution.
2: On the agency side, honestly, we're in a period of, of fluidity right now. So so meaning we're we're more custom about our packages. We're more you know, experimental with our concepting lower upfront deposits. The macroeconomic situation affects everyone, right? And us included. And and you know, we still have a great pipeline and 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 um, uh, some, some awesome projects that have, have released in this environment. There we have adjust, the but we but we have to adjust. And so, um, you know, price adjustment, all of it. it just uh, you know, you 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 try to adjust as rapidly as you can. Does that make sense?
1: Does it answer your question? All right. We have a Matthew at the back. I recognize you. (laughs) Do you have a question that you think we should be asking before we, as we wrap up?
4: (laughs) What did your, okay.
5: I I have a little inside knowledge here, but I don't actually know the answer to this question. What's the greatest obstacle you face that create the, created the greatest harm and innovation? By the way, that's patented. Everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Great. oh, I, I,
1: I, I,
3: I you know, can pass. What, 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 what do you guys? What would you consider? Um, when you see what we've talked about and what we've done what what's the most important innovation i don't i don't know what's it, what is oh angel? Did, did angel did angel did angel okay so what was the obstacle that created the innovation around yeah, so the obstacle the obstacle that that, uh, that came up that created VidAngel angel was I had a nine-year-old son our, our oldest who's now in Hong Kong serving a mission and he's almost 20 um, but at that time he was nine and I loved the movie Cinderella Man you guys heard some of my story of eating food storage and just being in a really down or uh, hard spot personal depression. So so scene Cinderella man, and this boxer who went through the Great Depression lost all his wealth and almost lost his children. Um, and then when his son fills um, the salami, and then and then um, he, they take it back to the butcher. And, and 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 then when he comes out on the sidewalk, his son tells him how scared he is, he's going to be sent away from home. And and he, his dad gives him a big hug. And then he looks at him in the eyes and says, son, we don't steal. And the way that he said that, I wanted that message for my nine-year-old. And there's a coach, a New York coach, who uses language that I didn't want my nine-year-old using with his younger sister. So I learned about the YouTube API and coded up a, a little software in 2012 just so we could watch that movie without those words. So that was the obstacle that
1: that in right. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for... They shut us off. Us a, right. Yeah, give them a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we've got uh, energy for this, but um, so the, the two things that I found out about you guys, and I'm not sure if it's these two brothers, but um, fake but fighting, fake fighting was one of them. Apparently, you faked fight, and you can tell us what that means. And if you can still do it, then maybe the audience can s- s- choose you know the, the, the challenge. Can you still do it? Yeah, we real fought. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hit it. Okay. It was real. <laughs> Mom and dad were gone once, and we
3: went all fists throughout the house. and <laughs> We never fought again. We realized we could cause damage
1: to each other, seriously. Or maybe it's something you told your parents, that it was, it was just <laughs> fake fighting, don't
3: worry about it. No, we do have a fake fight where you make it sound like you're punching. But I think it was Daniel. Daniel and I used okay, to do that. Okay, so we can't do that here. I him. might actually hurt him. him.
1: <laughs> the other one was um, to do with, there's something in this room, I should have said it at the beginning, Can we put up on the walls that relates to something from your childhood. <laughs> yeah, t- now, 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 just a second, here we go, it's a little cheesy, but we we want to see who's the you best. You want to see if this will work? Go this ahead. Was your, go wasn't this your first job from your parents? <laughs> yeah. right? So tell us what
3: it was. So we lived near a dairy, and our house filled with flies all the time, and our parents, like three weeks Yeah. And they would pay? They would pay us a penny a fly to kill the flies. And grandma and grandpa bought us a whole box of rubber bands, and so
1: we'd sit down and we'd kill rubber kill flies with rubber bands. Which one was better? Do you know? I don't remember.
2: I, I was a slaughter because I get paid way more. I could get like five feet at a time. Probably <laughs> Jeffrey
1: because he, he he he's more yeah. Oh, not Ooh. bad. Give us one more shot. So we need to wrap up, but there are some prizes. So first of all, let's just start with uh, we're going to give, thanks to uh, these wonderful brothers, uh, five uh, courses. Can you just tell us just quickly what those two courses are? And we're going to do this after the event.
2: Sure. So um, uh, we built courses that um, one of them really takes you through our kind of classic ad style. the 14 day Script Challenge, um, and it's uh, you know it, it, the problem solution uh, education, you know supporting the the your your argument, those kinds of things, um, and it's it's a great course because you come out of it with a script, and so we're going to give you want that one, or you can choose one called Easy Ads to Sell, the um, and uh, these I think you buy them on the side. Couple bucks, bucks or $300, but the um, easy ads that sell, it actually goes through 15 different ad styles, and they're not all ours, meaning a lot of this was like evaluation of what's out there in the marketplace, and they're low cost. So these are ones that you can do on your phone or with very simple editing software, and we take you through these different kind of uh, messaging architectures, we'll call them, or ad styles. And you know there's worksheets and so forth to help you build some ads on a budget. And um, uh, the, the we call them eats easy ads that sell. You'll also hear us call them labs. Um, sometimes uh, we we like these acronyms kind of funny. Learning ad splits You know we're trying to learn a lot really quickly with these ads. So um, you can spend real money on these kinds of ads and do them at a very high production. But you you'll recognize some of the patterns out there but it'll help you kind of crystallize your your thoughts as you they're actually
3: they're actually a good answer to your question. I mean for digital marketing these are really great for
2: yeah, yeah. I was going to get back to you though with you know some art talks. I want it to be self-serving. So
1: anyway, except you're giving them for free.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so we're we're happy to Give
1: some of these away, and so a photo. If you can take a photo uh, of this event, and so maybe we'll do a group photo right now. Um, but and just post something, the photo and something you learned um,
0: on Instagram, on Instagram
1: or, or LinkedIn, or, or LinkedIn. Um, and then we'll choose five uh, from from that. So um, five winners. And then in, in the crowd right now, I'm not as sure. I've been have been worried about this. How how do I give out some of these things right now? I wanted to. I want to try one thing. And I know we've gone way over time. I want you to cheer for the best, best talents that you guys submitted in the forms, right? And we'll see who, who gets the best, uh, the best cheer. Well, you want it. What if they're
0: not here, though?
1: I know, that's, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be honest if it's, if it's a decent skill. So first, first of all, let's ignore that. Cause I can't think, they, they can't think of one. <laughs> um, let's see, which, what do we got here? Um, I can flare my nostrils. Who's that?
0: When somebody signed up on Eventbrite, did they say that that was their special Emily?
1: skill? Emily? No, I don't think there's many, many Emilys here. It's not you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, writing a book, okay. Uh, I used electronics and design skills to build custom Bluetooth. Ba- uh, okay, let's forget that one. Was that
0: one of you? What if that was somebody? Yeah.
1: Let's, let's finish. Let's finish what it actually says. Sorry, my mistake. I used electronics and design skills to build custom Bluetooth boom boxes. That's cool, housed in vintage luggage. It's a hot. It's a lot harder than it looked. So I should have. I need to read that. It's you, isn't it? So, so that's fantastic. That is uh, Stan Mickelson. Is that right? There we go. You got. Cool, I think. Stan. I think you got. I think you get a call straight away. <laughs> I think you. I'm really good at uh, inserting my Jeep Jeep into any conversation. I always make it relevant. (laughs) Well, Clint, you you didn't ask a question. Did you ask a question? (laughs) Well, you got to ask it right now. And And use the word Jeep Jeep is is in there.
0: Yeah.
1: What was your question?
0: About Jeeps. About Jeeps.
5: Don't (laughs)
1: forget. Okay, sorry.
3: Great
1: question. And you did include Jeep in there, I did you? You did, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay.
0: So <laughs> so there's a giveaway there. There's two.
1: There's two. Very nice. Uh, let's see. What else is there, Josh? I'm sorry. Let's no. just get through one two more. I use my one word French you know, French vocabulary to purchase fish in France. Oh, the one word vocabulary. And you laugh there. There's a bit of. Uh, so you know the one word for fish. Okay, not bad.
0: Yeah. Nice. How about the next one, Josh? any of these? All right. This
1: uh we'll do one more. Um that one. That's a good one. Yeah. How about is uh let's just ask who's in yeah, the room. Let's do Dixie, that. is Dixie in the room? Oh well, you might have to do it for us then. Dixie, once I had to mimic the call of a cougar for a work thing, I'm really good at it. Are you any good at it? well well, if she can post the cougar impression online she gets a course okay we'll do we'll do one more for somebody
0: who who is here Uh, i do want to call this one out i use no code to build a seven figure tech company oh jordan very cool there we go all right jordan all right did we give away five i think that was five and so for everybody else though of course you can take a photo here right Uh, let's do it tag uh at the swell pod whether it's on uh instagram or linkedin we'll pick five people who do that and and we'll send out some more free stuff
1: but who gets the squatty potty didn't you have a squatty potty it didn't come on time it said it was gonna come yesterday oh. uh but it, it will come so well who wants the squatty potty well, and it, can you give me a good reason well, for having it that should be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we know what a good reason is but <laughs> well go on then josh no, us no 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 I'm how not, do I'm we not... do it can you demonstrate who's the best demonstrator how to use it i think
0: since we're i think (laughs) since we're being uh we were robbed of the cougar the cougar impression okay maybe the person who give the best cougar impression like now right now
4: right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay second one any other takers is that it cougar all right. We've All got right. It. <laughs> so we, now we have
0: now. Okay. So do do the, do them one more time, and then we'll have the audience vote.
1: Give him a microphone. Come on. <laughs> All right.
0: Second one again. All right. So uh, who's voting for the first one? Just uh, cheer for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and who's voting for the second one? Not bad, oh. not bad. We might have to buy two squatty potties.
1: <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, okay. I've got a runner-up for, for you. this. Is a this is so. Pretty. I I didn't ask for any, any, any swag in enough time, but I have one at home, and it's been washed and dried. <laughs> oh God, Hunter, it's yours. in <laughs> no, no way, it's a Harman's brother. It might have come from the DI. No offense. Oh, I need one of those. But, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: That's yours.
5: All right. Thanks for helping. Pay. Thank you guys.